Hey there, welcome to The Convergence with Christopher Iraganachi. On today's show, we have Mikaela Moye. She's a writer, a businesswoman. She'll be sharing with us a few pearls of wisdom that have to, uh, that relate to career, that relate to romance, and, you know, we'll be trying to navigate our way through these um, topics. Uh, I'm hoping that you'll find it useful. I'm hoping that you'll find it interesting. Uh, feel free to drop a line or get in touch with me via social media. We'll be more than happy to take your views. Cheers. Hi, Michaela. Hi, Chris. Okay, so um, thanks for, for for coming on the uh, on the podcast today. Um, as you know, we're, we're talking to you about a number of things concerning, um, you know, uh, a career and a romantic life and balancing passion and and you know and um, and profits. So yes, yeah. So we'll we'll start off with looking at passion and the perception and and paying bills, which is the first part of our of our episode today. Um, okay. Mikaela, you're an accomplished writer, a published writer. You're also a businesswoman with a number of businesses that you that you've set up. Sometimes creative people need to decide to take on jobs that they aren't, you know, necessarily passionate about to be able to pay mm-hmm. bills while you know hoping to do things that spark their creative energy. How yeah. do you strike a balance? Um, so. I've been very fortunate um, that the only kind of work I've done has been around um, what I'm passionate about anyway. So I've, I've always been a writer. I, my first job was as um, a journalist. That's like my first formal job, not counting like holiday work or whatever. Yeah. My first real job um, was as a um reporter at leadership newspapers so that's where i started and i was there for a few years and um so i worked as a journalist and then i um i started to do um communication work so my 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 work has always been around writing as a journalist in print and as a radio producer, and then as a communications expert. So I've always been writing. It's just um, what I like to write, you know, like what comes organically to me, um, are poetry and short stories. Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously regular work um, that pays the bills and, and pays rent, <laughs> hasn't hasn't <laughs> been um poetry or short stories. Yeah. But um I'm I'm fortunate that I have always been a writer and, and you know, so that's how I consider myself. I consider myself a writer. Interesting. And um, and then you you know, you've also had the opportunity to set up your businesses. So so how did you start Moye Media and Iyanu Iyanu? How did you start that? Why did you start that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what happened is um, I first set up Iyanu, and um, I think it was in, I think in 2006 or 2003, I really don't remember. Um, what really happened was 
I was making, um, I'd always liked, you know, making things, jewelry, beads, and, you know, all this nice creative stuff. I didn't, I didn't consider myself an artistic person. It was just stuff I liked to do. And um, one day I, I thought about it and I was like, you know, you could actually, you know, my dream is to own a gallery, oh, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. At so, that age, at that time, huh? At I that know that time, I mean, of, uh, the, university at that time, were you not? Or, or still in yes. school? Yes, I was still in school. Um, I mean, the dream still exists. It's just that it's taking a very long time <laughs> to happen. <laughs> um, but. So I always had this fantasy that I would own a an art gallery, um, but that it would be accessible art. It would be art that basic everyday people who don't claim to have this eye, you know, can see stuff that they like, cute stuff, and and you know, buy and 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 have beautiful things in their in their houses or workspaces or whatever. So. That was why I then went ahead and registered it as a business because I was really certain and and remember I was I I, I was quite idealistic when I was young and so I, I really did think that I would register this business and before I knew it I would own a gallery and everything would be fantastic <laughs> and blah blah blah. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet, but it's still it's still the it so that was mm-hmm. why yes it is so so that was why I registered. Um, Yano as a business, and so I've been doing some work under that name, um, selling um, books and selling crafts, selling um, things like uh, incense and local Nigerian perfume and things like that. And it's it's okay, it's okay. It's still a very small business. In fact, I think if we're going to classify it as anything. It's still classified as a micro, um, micro um, business. It's, mm-hmm. it's not even big enough to be considered a small business. It's a micro business. Um, you know, but that's why I set it up. Um, and uh, Moyin Media. Okay, so I I lived in Lagos for one year, independently, um, and um, I was working at um, Next Newspaper. And when I left, when I when I knew I was I was going to leave, I started um, preparing myself, you know, so that when I came back home, which is Abuja, when I came back home, I would have something to do. Um, and once again, <laughs> idealistic young woman, I just assumed that I would set up this um, company yeah. and um, immediately find work and everything would be awesome. Um, in hindsight, I should probably have um, maybe um, sought out advice from people who already had companies and were already running them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went ahead and I registered the, the, the company, Moye um, Media, and um, I didn't do a lot of work <laughs> for yeah. the first few years because... Um, I would I would maybe pitch to somebody else and like oh that and be like no we're just going to hire you we're not going to hire a company yeah. we're going to hire you so what ended up happening was that I did um 
quite a lot of work as myself, and I just kept on on that track. Uh, so even when I ended up in communications, it, it was as Mikaela Moe, it wasn't as Moe Media. Uh, but Moe Media is still there. I published my book in um, uh, 20... Uh, when did I publish it? I think that was 2013. I think, it, I think, I think it's 2013, yes. So I published my, my collection of short stories yeah. um, in, in poetry in 2013, yeah. and I did it as Moye Media. And um, Moye Media now has its own um, publishing imprint, which I've registered because when I'm publishing my next book, I'm going to do that. Um, obviously, on, under that under that imprint, uh, and hopefully, I will be able to um, get a couple of young up and coming um, writers who maybe don't know what to do, and and, and get them um, published under 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 the imprint. So that's the dream. It's a lot of dreaming. <laughs> okay. Hi, Michaela. Uh, so, what do you think of the rise of content creators who are Nigerians, people like Maraji and Frank Donga, who have done really well for themselves in, in, in entertaining people and, you know, getting, creating that sort of traction that Nigerians enjoy? Uh, you know, what, what do you think about, about content creation? I think, um, I think that it's a very good thing that we have, um, young creative Nigerians who are telling our own stories and um, telling our own stories I mean we're the only ones who can actually talk about the experience of being a Nigerian living in Nigeria right yeah um so I'm always I'm always happy for people to tell their own stories because you are the only ones who can who can um correctly or properly or maybe 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 I should say that um we sort of owe ourselves that duty of care we should tell our own stories, right? Yeah. Um like you mentioned Maraji. Yes. I particularly like her. I particularly love her. Let me let me just say that she's very funny. She's very talented. Her videos are so crisp. Right? Like, I wonder if she's the one who does her editing. I don't know if she does, but um, if, she's, if she's her own editor, she's doing an amazing job. She's doing a fantastic job. Um, there are lots of people who um, I follow who create um, lots of funny content. Um, the real Femi is one of them. He's hilarious. Mm. And... Um, Chooks is, is, is another guy um, I follow on Instagram. Chris, um, uh, this guy makes, he has developed characters that you can actually um, root for, right? right. His, his characters are rounded, they're hilarious, and they look like people that we know, like every single one of his characters. He plays most of them, most of them himself. And um, they're, they're all people that you can recognize in your community. It's good to see our contemporary culture right. being um, featured, you know, in, in it. Yes, maybe maybe they might be 
kids, so they might be they might be parodies or whatever, but they don't look like um they're parodies but this but this but this, but they're not caricatures. Okay. Do you understand? Exactly. So it's good to see that. I think in, in some of our early filmmaking days or, or maybe not early filmmaking days, but maybe like in between Neka the Pretty Serpent and the Wedding Party, we had a certain kind of Nollywood film that was really a caricature and not necess- uh, not necessarily an accurate portrayal, yeah. I think. Um yeah, so I mean I love I love things. Love things. Interesting. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh so 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 um would you say that this is an example of passion uh, creativity, helping to pay the bills, because some of these content creators are doing really well, you know, financially. Mm-hmm. Um, Frandonga mm-hmm. is the face of quite a number of, I suppose, quite a number of brands. Um, mm-hmm. So so is this something that, would you say that this is passion and creativity meeting finance? Definitely. I mean, definitely. If, if, if they're getting paid as much as... Um, so excuse me, if they're getting paid as much as we think they're getting paid, right. um, of course. And I mean, even if they're not getting paid yet, many of these content creators um, who have who are harnessing social media, I think that um, they should they should be ready. They should be they should be able to to earn big bucks. That's 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 what I think. Um, social social media has been a blessing. To content creators, it's very easy for people to bag on social media and say stuff like, "Oh, it's negative energy and it's this or that." But people are savages. People who are trolls or who are nasty on social media are like that, yes. right? Like Twitter didn't make anyone a bad guy, right? So um, the people who who feel who recognize what they can do with social media, you know, in a way that will make them um, not only express themselves, but also earn money. I mean, they're the smart ones, and they 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 are making use of the magic that is social media. Let, let me just say that. Excellent. On the flip side, do you think the freelancers are looked down on in Nigeria? <laughs> ah, yes. Um, so let me just, I'm not going to say like yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just tell you a story about something that happened to me last month. Okay. Um, so I was covering an event and uh, a, a meeting, there's a meeting, I was covering a meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, I came outside for a break. I stepped out of the hall for a break. And I saw someone who I had gone to university with. So I was like, oh, hi, you know, how are you doing? What are you doing here? You know, and I tell her, oh, um, I'm a freelancer. I'm covering events. And her response was, yeah. Wow. And um, <laughs> I've, I, I've learned how to just absorb this stuff and just not let it affect me. You know, so I was like, that's been a bit of like, so what are you doing here? And she says, oh, she's representing a ministry, something, something, something. We end the conversation, we just apart. And, you know, I just, I don't get why anybody would 
PT is freelancer, for example, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When 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 she said India, I don't think she was coming from a place of spite. I think just because she knew that I studied law at school, she couldn't understand why I was a freelancer, you know, and it just sits out. I don't I don't think it came from a place of spite. Mm-hmm. But the truth is there are lots of people who do have that kind of mentality thinking, you know, like they they a couple of people have asked me before and this was this was like um maybe about five years ago, I know somebody asked me when I go to get a real job. Um I've had and I don't understand why nobody would think that this is a real job. Like we've always had creative people in Nigeria for Forever, we've always had basic people, um, and we have people who have been very successful at what they do. So I don't think that it's, it's I don't I don't understand why someone choosing um, a creative career should be considered as someone who's not serious or responsible or should be pitied or they're not going to succeed at this because it isn't, you know, what they used to. It, it, is, it isn't doctor, engineer, lawyer, or footballer because you know I, I, I think after um, was it '96 Olympics when when Kanuwanko and the Nigerian team Atlanta I think it was Atlanta Atlanta '96 yeah. you're referring to mm-hmm. exactly and you so were the '94 I think after Atlanta Atlanta's '96 um, and yeah. Parents were happy to let their children be footballers. Right. So, <laughs> so I think right. that one has been added to the list of good careers. <laughs> yes. It has been saved and found not wanting. Exactly. Yeah. And full of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but but you've been you've been reasonably successful yourself in, as a freelancer, as a creative. You've been fairly um, reasonably you've been reasonably financially successful, haven't you? Well, I haven't been homeless, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that helps. I think that counts. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, somehow, 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 I think fortunate enough that when I started paying rent, I was able to pay rent, yeah. and I've been able to pay rent, and I've been able to um, create my own home, and you know. I still have my dreams. I've invested some of my own money into my businesses, which you know, <laughs> yeah, I haven't uh, recouped yet. But is um, I think I think I'm, I'm doing okay. I could be doing much much better, but um, you know, the ups and downs are are frequent. Mm-hmm. The downs can be really, really, really low, like really low. But um, I would just say that I'm, I'm fortunate. Let me just let me just say that. Okay. What what is what is the what is the future of work for Nigerians? There's a um, 108. There are 180 million people in this country, and roughly half of them, mm-hmm. if my understanding of the statistics is correct, are young people. And mm. um, and we know that there, there aren't enough, enough regular jobs to go around. So, mm. what is the future of work? Um, huh, the future of work. 
you know, um, because of this idea that there aren't enough jobs to go around, mm-hmm. many young people are being encouraged and encouraging themselves to become entrepreneurs and to figure out how they can, you know, pay their bills, make it in life, you know, mm-hmm. succeed. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, and you know, I don't have the figures, this is just my own feeling. I'm not sure that there aren't enough jobs to go around. That, that's what I think. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the future of work, we have to let people know that even if you're not an entrepreneur, or you're not a creative person, that in your 9 to 5 space, even if you are a civil servant, and I say even if because we tend to look down on, you know, like you hear really derogative statements about people who work in a civil service. Yeah. If they're not directors or, you know, up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But within that space, you can, you can do your best and you can be a hero within that space. I think that that's a message that we really, really should be passing along. That being said, I don't work in that space. Um, so the space that I mostly work in is more of like an entrepreneurial space, right? Yeah. Um, I think that there are lots of people who know that one source of income is not always going to be useful to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Nigeria is, is, is developing into the kind of economy where people who are working are working um, as earning from multiple streams. So whether it's um, network marketing or if it's selling the charge cards on the side or if it's um, making cakes. Or, or or small chops or things like that. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of people. To me, that that that's what I see. Um, the future of work in Nigeria. There were there were yes, being there were going to have. Um, we've already gotten to a point where most people who are working are earning from multiple streams. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Interesting. I think, I, yeah, I think that, I think that's what, what the future is. Okay. Um, so, have you ever really had um, some success in your career that you had, you know, uh, that you experienced imposter syndrome? Hmm. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily a success. Mm-hmm. Um. But. I did, I know that I did sort of sabotage myself. Um, I, uh, I recently uh, took part in a training. Um, yeah. I'm part of, I'm part of a, um, a cooperative, um, for women in business. And, um, we were, we were trained on, on something specific and, um, we were also given an opportunity to apply for a loan. And um, by the, yeah, so by the time I had done like my draft, 
I was like, okay, yes, ah, this is what I want to do, and this is how I want to like, expand this stuff, and I had these big dreams and everything, and then I got some information yeah. that um, because Iyanu is not um, a limited liability mm-hmm. company, I would, uh, there would be a ceiling, a very low ceiling mm-hmm. on what on the, on the amount that of money that I could apply for. Mm-hmm. It kind of defeated me. And instead of shaking myself out of the bog that I was, I had now skipped myself into, I I just, you know, I just ended up not applying for anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I woke up from my slumber, <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was like, okay, let me learn, you know. Um, I, I saw how, I saw how easy it, it, it could, how easy it is to, um, allow in action to, um, take away an opportunity, like I took away an opportunity for myself. Not my finest moment, to be honest, um, but I, I, I felt like I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't know how to um, get myself out of that place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just, I just let it ride. And um, obviously, the next time this kind of thing comes up, the next time I'm faced with this kind of situation, I will behave myself. Great. Now, um, you, you did earn a, a, a law degree. Um, yes. from the University of Abuja. Um, yes. You're not practicing. Uh, why did you go ahead to, 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 to get a degree in law? Well, because I had to go to school, didn't I? Um, yes, yeah, I suppose you had to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you, you know how Nigerian families are. You have to go to school. You have to study this. You have to study that. Um, and so, you know, I just did it. I didn't want I didn't want that for myself, mm-hmm. um, but I had the admission, you know, so I went to school. I just went to school. I was a great student, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point was I came out and I had a degree, and I was like, okay, let me try and figure out my life for myself now, right. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was it. Like, the real reason I studied this is just so that I could have a degree, honestly. Great, great. Yeah. Great. Well, Thanks, thanks a lot for that, uh, for those answers to, to this first segment of our episode. And um, we'll take a short break and be back. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Hi there. This is still Christopher Iraganachi on The Convergence. I hope that you're enjoying the show. I hope that there's a lot you're learning. Uh, we're still having this interesting conversation with Michaela Moye. There's a lot to learn. Uh, stay tuned to this more. Hi, Michaela. Uh, so, Hi, Chris. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us on this uh, episode of the podcast, The Convergence with Christopher, the right energy. Um, um, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so we're going to look at another aspect of working you know, in Nigeria or having a career in Nigeria and this is an interesting aspect which has to do with romance you know uh-huh. um, <laughs> uh, 
Are young people, especially millennials, suffering from a sense of entitlement? And, and how does that affect career-focused individuals trying to build romantic relationships or families? Ah, okay. Um, this is a big story. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, uh, okay, so sense of entitlement... Um, in in which area now are, are we are we well, talking about? Well, this is primarily because you know we we, we hear of re really high divorce rates amongst um, millennials these days, and so okay. marriages that th th they don't go beyond two or three years has become okay. rather commonplace, um, and we hear about abuse, spousal abuse, rape, um, mm -hmm. and then and then people trying to balance their career in view of these uh, romantic liaisons and marriages. So so there are people also who, um, on account of their marriages, um, can't focus on the career. Um, people that we know personally, people that I know personally have, have had challenges or have had to choose, really, between a okay, career. So, okay, okay. So... so it's, it's, mm -hmm. Mm, okay, I I understand. Um, I would say this. Um, one, I'm not married, uh, and I don't have children, mm -hmm. so my experience is very very different um, from that of people who are married and and or have children and are also working. Um, but I I would say this. Two things. One, um. I wouldn't encourage anybody to stay with anyone who is abusing them or who is raising them or hurting them in any way, right? Yeah. So that would that automatically is you know would would account for why you know X Y Z relationship isn't working out, why their marriage has broken down because of these things. Fine, let's let's take that out because for me. Those are reasons why they should not be with that person. So let's just that. Um, there's also the possibility that maybe for some parties there is a sense of entitlement. Like maybe a person feels their spouse should devote their entire life to them mm -hmm. and 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 not work. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where we can discuss like a sense of entitlement, um, right? Yeah. Is that is that is that that's what you have in mind, right? That's exactly what I have in mind. Yeah, because I I've heard stories of 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 spouses saying, look, um, you've got to be home to prepare food for me, but but then they've both been away at work all day. Mm -hmm. Right, and they probably come home at exactly the, the same, same time. time. You can see yeah. that. Okay, yes. Um I actually did have that kind of experience. Did but you know, obviously yes, I I I'm not married, um so well somebody I was seeing and he had come back from work at the same time and um he was upset that I hadn't prepared dinner. Like, you know, his his own was like, Oh, the soup is there, like why would you want me to 
Yeah. And then he went into the kitchen and he made dinner for him himself. <laughs> really? Did he? Ah, yes, so. Um, you know, so so yes, we can see that that person definitely had a sense of entitlement. Yes, they did. Um, it, yes. Did Ooh. that make you choose? Did that make you have to choose between the relationship and your work? Of course not. Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a a <laughs> that was a reaction. If 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 any person chooses to choose, if anyone chooses not to work because of the relationship, please, it's hundred percent their choice. Mm-hmm. But you know, for me, no, um, I wouldn't do that. It's not necessarily because career is one, um, you know. I'm not a superstar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But at least not yet. <laughs> well, not yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not a superstar, so this work is the only thing really that I have going on. Do you understand? Yeah. Like outside of my family and friends, then the next thing I have is work. Mm-hmm. So why do I now give that up? For somebody that I may not be with in the next six months, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, to be honest, if a person chooses that they want to stay at home and work from home, or just strictly be a homemaker and just raise their children and take care of their spouse, honestly speaking, it is it is a um. It's an honorable thing to do mm-hmm. because it's really, really stepping down a lot of their own personal desires, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, to do this. It's honorable. Mm-hmm. By the time my mom had me, she wasn't doing 95. My mom was a journalist and she, she wasn't doing 95 by the time she had me. She was at home. Um, people think that being at home means that you're just idle. No, you're not. You're very busy. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very busy, very tasking, very challenging job, mm-hmm. and we really, really, really need to see it as that. We need to see it as a job. It's unpaid, but it is work, and it is hard work, and it takes a lot from um, people. Let's 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 let let me let me say this here. Mm-hmm. If a woman decides that her um, her pleasure comes from caring for her loved ones. Mm-hmm. Nobody has the right to tell her that that is wrong. Mm-hmm. Do, do you understand? Yeah. I'm a feminist. I proclaim it loudly everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. And I know that feminism is not about taking people away from their families, away from their homes. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do, yeah. So if a, if a woman says that, decides that this is what she wants to do, please, it is her right. But if a woman also decides that she wants to have um, a, a career, like a 9 to 5 career, or she wants to run a business, or she wants to do whatever it is that she's doing, then her spouse, if he really, really understands that his marriage is a partnership, her spouse should be willing to um, uh, find common ground with her so that both of them will be handling the home front. You understand what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I suppose that there's a bit more learning for um both men and women in Nigeria regarding building a, a long term romantic partnership such as as a marriage, you know, so that everyone understands that it's a partnership, like you've said. You know, so if if the woman wants to go away from you know um, working in a nine to five and building the home, then she also needs the uh, the, the gentleman to support her. She, the lady, and to value and to value and to value that work exactly yeah. exactly to value that work. It's not just being at home yeah. or it's not just going to the office. Mm-hmm. It is work that she has chosen to do, mm-hmm. and it should be valued, whether or not it is paid. It should be valued. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to say something about um, partnership. I think when we say a, a partnership or, or a relationship is a romantic one, I think sometimes we also forget that relationships are give and take. Mm-hmm. I call them transactional, right? That's a massive kind of relationship. And that doesn't mean that it is master and servant. And that doesn't mean that it is sex worker and John. No, it means that it is it there's 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 always push and pull, there's always giving and receiving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it 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 if we're in relationships we should think of them as um like like contracts, right? Like business contracts. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to go against the terms of your contract. Yeah, there are consequences for that, right? Exactly. Yeah, so I think that that's a nice way to look at relationships. That's that's how I tend to look at them. Interesting. That's uh, why I still look at them. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> how I, that's how I consider them. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's a good way to look at them because um, then people realize that they're more um, that they're more uh, bound because there are certain consequences if they go out of bounds, and it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Do do women have to cope with higher expectations while trying <gasps> to? <laughs> of course. While trying to de- while trying to define themselves, you know, do, do they do they have to be a bit mm. selfish? Um, look, I don't know if selfish is the right word, mm-hmm. but I think uh, maybe courageous is the proper word. Interesting. Let me let me give an example. Okay. I mean, I watch um, Bollywood a lot, mm. and there's this film I, I watched last Sunday where this young bride was getting ready for her engagement party, blah blah blah, and her father was giving her advice, and he told her that you, my daughter, you are taking my honor to your husband's house, and you, you are going to hold your husband's honor and the honor of his family. Right? right, so I was like, so it is only this woman who is responsible for her father, her husband, mm. and her father-in-law, and her entire new family, mm. right? Mm. So, why? Why should you understand? Yeah, I do. I, what does she I, have I to, like, to 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 hold all of these people's expectations, um, you know, that high? Why, why does she have to be the one upon upon whom why? all of these expectations are cast? Exactly, exactly. And so you you find that this happens a lot with women. Women are told things that, oh, you ought to know better because you're yeah, a woman. Do you understand? So they want us to be smarter, but they also want us to be stupid. Look, this is the whole, the second conversation. 
me let me let me let me just say that um we should be bold enough and we should be courageous enough to know who we are. And I mean by all means take as much time as you need to know who you are and choose for yourself. Because at the end of the day, no matter how great someone's relationship is, or no matter how great someone's work is, or no matter how great a parent someone is, we're all still individuals and we're all still accountable for ourselves. So we should be able to we should be able to be accountable to ourselves as well. And that involves a lot of self awareness. Um so I wouldn't call it selfishness. I would call it courage to to to, to be more self aware for themselves exactly. Yeah, that that's that's what I would say. Okay. So so you're not married. Uh, a fair number of millennial women are delaying the age of marriage from my observation, uh, especially mm. in Nigeria. Mm. What could be the reason for this? Uh, I think it is different for different people. Yeah. Um, I think some people don't want to be married. Um, I think some people just feel they haven't met the right partner. Um, you know, the reasons are different. I would say though that I think generally why the age of um age to be married has sort of become higher is because you know women go to school and not everybody gets married while they're in school, and not everybody gets married while they're at NYC, and not everybody get married immediately after NYC because they are choosing careers and, you know, building themselves up, taking time to know who they are and all of that. And that's fine. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing that um, people are taking more time to um, get married. I don't think it's a bad thing. To be honest, I wasn't, I didn't seriously ever think that I would be interested in getting married until I was like 26. Wow, really? Yes. You know, like, sure, of course, you talk about it like when you're a little girl, but I don't even remember, I don't remember if I ever had those conversations, to be honest. So, um, it wasn't until I was 26 um, that I started even thinking about, okay, it would be a good idea to do this. Um, like you say, um, it shouldn't it shouldn't be a big, uh, a big issue. Obviously, conditioning accounts for the reason why people think they should get early um, married early, uh, or even at all. Um, but that's starting to change with more, uh, I think, with more uh, income spread evenly across men and women, and more opportunities for women. Um, I suppose women are making, uh, taking their time to 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 decide who they yeah. marry and. Um, um, mm-hmm. Well, see, let me tell you what one of my friends told me one time. Mm. Um, he was he was not a romantic interest, just a friend of mine, mm. and he said um, that uh, it's difficult for me to get married because I was too independent. <laughs> oh. So, I think maybe that's also something that 
we need to take into account that maybe it's also because uh, men and women are not always on the same page. I don't think, you know, and so maybe some men think they can't be independent women, you know, mm. and, and so that happens. This stuff happens. It's not, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so we'll take a short break and come back soon to 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 hear your answers and the other questions that we, that we have. Thanks a lot. Okay, yeah. thank you. Cheers. Regardless of the fact that you've been busy with your career, you've done, you've done all, all that you could do to make time for them, haven't you? Um, hmm. Let me say this, right? Mm-hmm. I, between 2017 and 2018, like like mid twenty seventeen to before twenty eighteen, I don't remember when I ended it. So there's a possibility, and I was working then. You know, I was on a um, a specific contract, so yeah. and it was and it was really busy, and it, it took a lot of myself. Um, so. There might be some truth to that, mm-hmm. um, even though I even though I don't understand it, um, because I feel we're supposed to be within each other's spaces, not a special space being made for you. Mm-hmm. You 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 get what I mean? Yeah. It's possible that maybe what we meant was that uh, maybe I wasn't. Coming to their homes to cook and clean and and do all of that stuff. Interesting. That's an interesting angle, actually, because yes. a lot of men have this expectation and maybe even that sense of entitlement that you know, unless you're coming to their houses, their homes, to cook and take care and and all of that, then you're not really making time for them. Exactly. You know. So I I I think that maybe that was where saying or trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I know once uh, I did ask someone um, that the next time he came to my house and demanded that I cook for him, um, sorry, excuse me, that, um, you know, that, uh, or rather, instead of coming to my house and demanding that I cook for him mm-hmm. um, food that he likes, because he doesn't really like what I generally cook, mm-hmm. um, I told him, I said, look, Kitchen is there, and you know the way to the kitchen. If you want to eat certain things that you feel I don't eat all the time, come with your ingredients and use my kitchen and cook. Interesting. You understand? Interesting. I think mean, he was also upset, but that's the truth, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. For, for me, like, that's just the thing. I, it, it's not like... I don't know why cooking and cleaning is such a a a benchmark for somebody's care. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it, it, it shouldn't be, but it is apparently uh, in these parts. Yes. Is it ever okay to date someone you work with? I've done it. Um, I don't know about whether or not it's okay or whether or not it's a good idea. Um, but I've done it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> no regret, yeah? Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you have you didn't have challenges with that. Did you have any? Um, did that it had have a bad effect on the relationship sometimes, or did that have a bad effect on your work sometimes? No, uh, it didn't affect my work. Um, I don't think anything has ever affected my work. To be honest, because I did not have. Um, but yeah, no, it didn't affect my work. It, um, but I think it made the relationship a bit more acrimonious. Okay. Because the, yeah, because the, I mean, like the end of the relationship was it was more acrimonious than necessary. Uh, maybe because the constant exposure to each other, mm-hmm. even though things have now changed. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I guess I guess that's that. But honestly. I didn't think it was a problem. Acrimony is something that happens, and after a while, everybody just gets over over it and goes up. Great. Okay, so we'll take a short break and return. Older Nigerian women, such as Ibukuma Wusika, who's chairman of First Bank, or Valorisha Lakija, who's vice chairman of Fanfa Oil, have built extensive fortunes while managing um, families. Uh, younger women such as Linda Ikeji and Diola Sego um, haven't been as successful in creating um, their families or just sort of maintaining the unity of their families. Um, uh, so, so that's something I've noticed. You know, um, obviously that doesn't happen for everyone, but these are important examples to to look at. Why do you think that this is so? Ah, okay. Um, so I'll I'll I will not comment on the person's mentions, but I'll just comment on the generation. Is that fine? Yes, yeah, that's okay. Okay. So um, the older generation, um, the 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 rules of engagement were slightly different, um, and I think that the expectations were also different. The most women of the you know of our parents' generation knew that you know they were going to get married. It was sort of like part of your um playbook, whether male or female, right? That you get married and you have children. Yeah, so it it was part of the course for them. Um and for our generation, I don't think that um I, I think that there's sort of like more liberty or more opportunity to for example choose to be a single parent. Um or have I mean there's still stigma, there's still so much stigma attached to um broken marriages or divorce or whatever separations. But maybe less maybe 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 it's not as bad as um, what women in older of older generations experience. So, I mean, people are choosing how they're going to raise their families or how they're going to build their families, and that's fine. Like how they choose is right. That's fine. Um, I don't know that. I don't know that you know we can say that younger people have not been as successful. As 
as older people in in maintaining marriages because it's one thing it's one thing to look at maybe celebrities who who had a relationship that didn't work out. And so another thing to look at the like wider population. I don't think that that's necessarily symptomatic of of the of the entire younger generation, right? There are also people who have relationships that are working just fine and who have um, been married for over ten years, right? So, right. I guess like now people talk about it more. People are more open and people are less. Um, uh, I don't want to say that there's less stigma attached to being a single parent or being a single parent family. I, I, it's not about less stigma because you hear all kinds of rubbish. But I think it's, it's people are less um, are more courageous to just accept that this thing has happened to them yeah. and they you know move on move on with. Okay, so um, in these times, these people are just more accepting of themselves and of their situations, no matter what's gone wrong, no matter how things have turned out, people are more, there's less criticism and maybe even less self-criticism and, you know, there's clearly a divergence in the way that the old generation the older generations saw commitment, um, and so there's more openness really now, isn't there? Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I really, I really don't know. Mm. I really don't know because I mean, I can think of how many people in my parents' generation who got divorced, right? Yeah. I really, really don't know if it's about being more committed, mm-hmm. maybe being more accepting of abuse. Of, of what? Oh God! Of abuse. I mean, this is <laughs> yes. I mean, um, this is just me being really irreverent. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everybody in the older generation is is abusive or what abuse. No, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that things are just different now. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and many many people want their parents experience some things and they said, you know what, that's not going to be for me. Yeah. This is how I want mine to be. Right. So. I don't know if it's fair to compare no. because times are really, really different, and and even families are different. Yes, family is still constant, but families are kind of different now. The older generation, um, they always like had people in the house. You know, it's not like it was just the mother and the father in the house. There's the mother, the father, their aunties, and their so there are people to help you take care of the children. Right. Right? That you're not paying. These are, these are your relatives who live with you. Mm. You understand? So things are different now. The other people now don't necessarily have... All that support system. Mm. They, you understand? Mm. It's like paid help or whatever, and maybe it's not as great. As, so the pressures are different. Yeah, let me just say that, but the pressures are different. Wow. Wow. Basic things are constant, but... It, the, the two generations are quite different, different experiences, um, and, and and different options, you know. So I think it's unfair to compare them. Great. Well, thank you for your answers. Uh, it's been an interesting. But, but, but both. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. But both generations can learn from each other. 
Uh, it's been an interesting uh, uh, few minutes listening to, to your answers, your thoughts on, on the issues concerning, um, you know, career, uh, concerning romantic liaisons and marriages and things like that. Um, I, I hope that the, the people will, you know, will um, will find answers to their own personal questions from listening to you talk. Um, so thank you mm. for for being on the show. I hope that you'll come back thank another time. Thank you for having me. Cheers. I would love that very much. Excellent. Have a good evening and uh, talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. That's it, folks. That's been the show with Mikaela Moye. Uh, interesting ideas, um, stimulating thoughts, and all-around great personality. If there's anything that you'd like to share with us, uh, with me, um, you can find me on social media, Instagram, Chris Ganachi, Twitter, Chris Ganachi, uh, Facebook, Christopher Ira Ganachi. Um, I'd be more than happy to entertain your um, ideas. I hope that you'll join me in the next uh, episode of this podcast. Have a great day. Bye-bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm new. That's anchor.fm new to get started.